Hi guys, welcome to the Traveling Twin Podcast. I'm your host Rachel, aka The Traveling Twin. For those of you that don't know me, I'm an international adventurer and credit card enthusiast who started traveling at just 18 years old and since then I've been to 13 different countries and I'm here to help you do the same. Whether you're 18 like I was or 65, male or female, I think that everyone should have the opportunity to travel and see this world that we live in. On this podcast, we're going to talk about everything from traveling on a budget and maximizing credit card benefits to how you could go on killer trips every single year and so much more. This is a podcast and resource for anyone who wants to see the world, but also wants to do it as strategically as possible. Since I've been planning trips for over seven years, you can trust me to give the inside scoop so that you, your spouse, your family, and your friends could get going. Ready to dive in? Let's do this. Hey guys, and happy late Halloween. So today's episode I know is supposed to be a solo episode, but I figured to celebrate Halloween and in the spirit of things that today we can do a guest episode. So this week we have on my twin brother and he's going to be telling us a story in honor of Halloween. So we're actually recording this episode on Halloween. It's going to come out the day after Halloween. So I guess happy late Halloween. But this is the craziest and scariest travel story that I've ever heard to date firsthand. So we figured we'd share it and it's a little bit spooky and very entertaining. All right, Ryan. So before we get into this actual story, I feel like we should set the scene for people. So where were you going? Why were you going there? Who are you going with? Give us like the, you know, who, what, why, when, where type of thing. So my buddy... Andre and I were going to Las Vegas to see a rock festival. Um, It was the first of its kind. There's a million good acts there. System of Down, Incubus, Papa Roach, uh, some smaller groups that we like, like Narrowhead or Loathe. Um, And so we were going there for the weekend. We were leaving Friday in the afternoon. Uh, We had a flight that was supposed to be one stop and then we'd be at Vegas at midnight Friday night and then the festival was Saturday. Sunday we were just going to go check out the strip in Vegas and then come back home Monday. All right. So, Ryan, I remember the start of this trip very well because I remember that I was at work and you called me the day that you were leaving and you said, (laughs) Rach, can you drive me and Andre to the airport at two o'clock today? Mind you, this is what, Thursday? Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 Friday, Friday. Friday. But still a work day. So where do you guys think I was on a Friday at two o'clock? Mm. Work. So I was at my 830 to five. I get this call. I'm like, sorry, dude, can't drive you. You're going to have to figure out something else. And he's like, all right, I'll figure it out. So already straight from there, I could tell that the planning was last minute. So well, tell us about how you got there. <laughs> it It is always last minute. There's always plans where the plans are the next day. And so I'm like, well, I, you know, a lot of it just comes down to I'll just figure it out that day. Uh, looking back now, it's probably smart to travel and get somewhere a day before the event and arrive the day before an event, not be getting to that state at midnight the day of the event. 
and now it's going to be like midnight, 1 a.m., and you have a few hours sleep, and then boom, there's the event. Because stuff could go wrong along the way, as of course did during that day. So right. I had asked, so I had asked Rachel to drive us, and I figured it was a long shot, and she couldn't, <laughs> obviously. Shocker. So then I called my G-Pop, and so I said, would you mind uh, bringing my friend and I to the airport for 3.30-ish? And he said, that's completely fine. And I, uh, I offered, I said, we could even grab lunch beforehand for you helping me out. And we did. So we went, grabbed lunch, we picked up my buddy, and then we got to the airport. You know, we sat at the airport for maybe about two and a half, three hours. We got there in advance. And our flight was supposed to leave at, I think it was like 7.30. So it was about 7.30-ish that we had gotten onto the plane and some time had passed. And maybe now it was about 8 o'clock. And they said, hey, we're having some difficulties. Uh, we're going to need you to wait a little bit longer before we can get in the air. So me and Andre are, are we're thinking, okay, it's fine. Our layover, we have like an hour layover anyways in Minneapolis. But basically, if it's too much time, we're going to miss our second flight, our connecting flight, which is awful, awful planning, honestly. Um, but Why was that such a big deal? It's such a big deal because the festival is literally the next morning. Like, starting at, like, 11 a.m. until, like, 11 p.m. Yeah, that is a little bit rough planning, I would say. Well, I was trying to fit in a bunch of work for the week, so I was trying to get work done up until maybe Friday at noon. Um, But anyway, so we're on the plane for a bit, and then they were having technical difficulties, and then they said, hey, sorry, we found something on the plane. We need everybody to get off. (laughs) And actually, there was a guy sitting next to both Andre and us who we tried waking up for about 10 minutes straight. And like, we just kept looking at each other and like one of us would nudge him a little bit harder than the last person until literally it got to the point where I like grabbed the guy or like Andre grabbed the guy and just kind of shook his arm and was like, hey, hey, dude, like it had escalated from like, I don't want to tap his arm. You tap his arm. You wake him up to like literally like, hey. And this guy, so this guy had like six beers before getting on the plane because he wanted to fall asleep for the plane ride. But instead, he woke up like 45 minutes after we got on the plane just to have to get off the plane. So basically, he was Dorian level knocked out because that's how Dorian is when he falls asleep. Oh, yeah. Oh, this guy was Dorian level knocked out. Yeah. When he did come awake, though, he was awake for sure. Whereas Doorman, Doorman will be awake and then you could tell him, hey, we have to get off the plane and Doorman's just going to be like... No, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. He's like, he goes, five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then we all get off the plane. All of us from the plane are in a long line stretching down like three gates worth of space. And the airline that we chose, they the attendants were yelling down the line and trying to explain to everybody, hey, we found a box cutter on the plane. Everyone had to get off. They have to wait for people from Hartford to now go to the airport to sign some papers and then make sure that the plane is ready to take off. At least, you know, on a positive note, I know that probably in this situation, you guys were definitely stressed because of how everything was planned, because it was late at night, all this stuff. But I got to say, I would feel uneasy, even if it was a box cutter, knowing that that was on the plane, who knows if it was on the plane, if someone brought it on on purpose, what the reason was, whatever. I think it's better to be safe than yeah. sorry. So it's probably good that they were like, 
let's just get this checked out and get the right stuff done. Anything happening like that that's involved in a plane ride, it's like, okay, this is already like way more sus than it needs to be. Like, no matter what it is, any 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 part of it being prolonged makes you wonder what's going on. So then we all got off the plane. And all the people from the plane are stretched down like three gates. And the airline people are basically telling everyone, but everyone to go back through TSA all over again, get new marks on their boarding pass saying that they went through TSA again. And until every single person from the plane went back to TSA and did that, the plane is, they're not, we're not going to be able to board the plane. And so it's already 8.30 at this point. We've really kind of, we were supposed to leave at like 7.30. So we're really cutting it close, Andre and I. And we're like, we're not going to make the layover in Minneapolis. Like, we're not going to, we're not going to get to the connecting flight in time. And then we're not going to get to Vegas for midnight or 1 a.m., which was already literally like the last second to get there and then get to the Airbnb, go to sleep, wake up, go to the festival the next morning. So we go through to TSA. We come back. People are still waiting. I talked to one of the airline ladies, and then she's like, oh, I said, does this happen often? And she's like, not really. It's only happened once ever before, which that <laughs> that's not exactly what you want to hear, but she seemed pretty chill about it. Um, but she said, yeah, I don't think it, you know, I think it's going to be a while. So there's a bunch of people who were complaining and like yelling at the airline people and just being a pain in the ass. And Andre and I, especially Andre, he's very chill. But we're both, we were both just kind of like, what are we going to do about it? Like, we're not airline pilots. Like, what, we, what do you want to do? Like, what are we really going to do about it? It happens. Right. So- and you guys also, I feel like, are really understanding. So you could see, like, okay, these people are just working for the airline. They can't control the situation. They didn't bring the box cutter on. They can't sign it to get it going. So, like, there's no reason to have an attitude with those people. It just is what it is. Exactly. It doesn't help you any more if you're going to be a jerk to those people. So, um, we waited for people, and we finally got to the beginning of the line to talk to the airline people. And it's about 8.45, 9 o'clock maybe. No, I think it was even like 9.15 at this point. So, we really knew we weren't going to make the flight, the other flight. So, at this point, we got up, and we started talking to the Delta guy. And he says to us, or he says, hey, guys, how's it going? And we're like, hey, you know, we have a trip planned out. And is there anything that you'd be able to do for us? Like, we know we're not going to make the flight. So we're kind of just like wondering what the options are. Like, we'll take whatever we could get. Like, we don't really know how it works, honestly. Did you tell him what time your concert was the next day? Yep. So we said we had to be at Vegas in the concert at noon the next day. And it's already obviously like kind of getting later in the night. So like we're going to have a long night. It takes, I think, six hours. If you were flying straight direct to Vegas, it takes about six hours from New York. Uh, We were going from Hartford. So it's like three hours, maybe an hour layover or whatever layover. And then another three hours or two hours or something. So it still is a lot of traveling. Um, so we weren't going to get good sleep on a night before going to this absurd rock concert festival where you, we're going to need our energy. We're going to be in the sun all day in the Vegas heat. Uh, cause it was about like, I think April or May. At, I think it was May this time. May. Of year. Yeah, it was May. So he, so he says, Hey, look guys, honestly, you guys have been the easiest guys that I've worked with like all night. Everyone's been giving us a hard time. You guys seem pretty chill. I'm going to do what I can for you guys. Like, are you guys going to be able to bear with us? And like Andre and us and myself were like, yeah, of course. Like, thanks. Thanks for anything you could give us. So he starts typing 
Five minutes later, he literally says, guys, would you be willing to go to another airport if you had to? And Andre and I are like, he's like, it's a long shot, but it's the only way that I'm going to be able to get you guys there on time. So we're like, yeah, we'll do anything. We just want to make the festival. He goes, all right, I knew you guys would be able to do this. So he goes, I got you two first class tickets leaving from JFK at eight o'clock in the morning. And basically we had, but we had to take a lift immediately down from Bradley in Hartford, Connecticut, all the way down to New York, JFK in New York City, just outside of New York City, which is a two hour lift ride. Uh, which was also going to be covered, and then stay at a hotel, which is also going to be covered, and then get on the flight the next morning, first class tickets, straight direct to Las Vegas, arriving in Vegas at uh, 10 a.m. Holy crap. That's awesome, then, that you guys got the free car, free hotel. That's crazy. Yeah. And then first class tickets. Okay, so so then this was kind of like a fix, and um, and then you were supposed to get there right before the concert. So tell us what ended up happening. How'd this plan go? Yeah, so basically, uh, it's it's about 9.30, 9.45 at night, and we just got these first class tickets. We're like, whoa, we get to fly first class? Like, this is sweet. We're getting there on time anyways. Uh, somewhat, you know, we get to get good sleep at a hotel tonight, so it's fine. Um, so we go downstairs and he gave us, he sent us a code. He put us in a group chat. The guy's name, I can't say, but the guy, yeah, well, whatever. It's, it's Kamari. So Kamari sent, he puts us in a group chat and names it Delta Bros. We literally have this guy's cell phone number and he says, Hey, I want you guys to text us every, text me every step of the way. I'm going to make sure that you guys get to your festival. And he says, I want you to text me when you get in the lift, when you get out of the lift, when you get to the hotel, like make sure like so that so that you're going to get there. So we really appreciate this guy. So we get downstairs and we have the lift pick us up. And immediately uh, I asked, I open the door and this very loud Christian music is playing, which I'm completely cool. Like we're Christian ourselves. But it was very, very loud. It was very, uh, yeah, I don't even know how to describe it. But anyway, so then the, he pumps, he pops the trunk and there's a giant sign in the back of the trunk that says, Jesus loves you. But anyway, so uh, we put our bags down and then after we put our bags down, uh, both of us sat in the back and we started driving. And this guy's car was so freaking shaky. I swear it was... I was I was in the back right. It felt like the wheel could just fall off at any second. Which his car didn't look that new or that old, but it still was like a very shaky ride. And so we started talking to him and it turns out he's from Connecticut, you know, he's from the area. So he starts driving us. We get down to maybe like an hour away-ish. So we still have another hour left. And we could see this guy is like kind of like in and out of the lane. Like his driving is really sus and his car was sus to begin with. And felt like it was really going to fall apart. And he seemed like he was exhausted, which it doesn't make any sense. Like I said, he's from Connecticut. So why would you take a, f- a four-hour round-trip car ride two hours down to New York City and two hours back if you were exhausted? So he goes, hey, guys, do you mind if I pull over at a rest stop? And we're like, no, not at all. Because we're like, this dude needs something. So we get out at the rest stop. And he goes, hey, do you guys want anything in there? And we're like, no. And he's like... All right. And he's just like, is about to start walking in. 
and just like leaving us with his car. Like he just trusts us that much. So then we're like, oh no, we'll come with you. So we get out of the car and he leaves the car without any of us in it. He just leaves it running. And so we, we all go inside and we're just like, we're like, it's not our car, but like our stuff is in it. Like what's this guy doing? So we all go inside. He grabs a coffee. We use the bathroom, whatever. We come back outside. We're sitting in the car. He comes outside finally. We're like, this dude literally just left his car unlocked. Like, what the heck? He's very trustworthy, it sounds like. Yeah, he's very trustworthy. So he comes back, and instead of getting in the car, he knocks on the window. So I opened the door, and I was like, what's up? And he was like, hey, guys, like, honestly, I was kind of falling asleep there for a minute or two. Oh, my God. And he's like, I just need to stop and get something to wake myself up. He's like, I got a coffee now and some stuff, but, like, I'm going to do some push-ups or something. So, (laughs) normal people in this scenario would have probably said, hey, like, I want to get a new lift. But my response was, I could do some push-ups. And Andre, Andre just, like, right on cue goes, yeah, me too. So the three of us are out on the sidewalk now at this gas station rest stop next to the car. And it's it's about 1045 at night and we're just we're just doing push-ups. And the Lyft driver goes to us, he goes, first one to stop doing push-ups is a bitch. And we're like, we're like, whoa, where did that come from the, from this guy? So we, we get done doing the push-ups and, you know, whatever. And, okay, you guys are probably wondering who stopped doing them first. It was me, okay? But <laughs> I could have kept going, but I'm like, okay, like, this guy is the one who needs to be doing the push-ups. Like, I'm fine. So then, anyways, we get done doing the push-ups. And then um, we stand up. And the, guy, and the guy's like, I'm feeling much better now. And I go, should we do some jumping jacks, too? <laughs> <laughs> and then, so then... <laughs> So then we all three, so he's like, yeah, sure, why not? Oh my God, full workout in the Dunkin' parking lot. I feel like I hadn't done jumping jacks since like fifth grade gym class, like warming up before, you know, before you go play some sport or something. It was so refreshing doing some jumping jacks, but we were, we were awake as hell after that. And we like, we're ready to continue on. Um, Even with that said though, so we get in the car, we start going, whatever, a few minutes pass. And then there was a conversation that got started, basically, that I won't get into. But I was very much like, oh, okay, I'm tuning out of this conversation. Started by the Lyft driver, by the way. I'm like, I'm tuning it out. We need some sleep. I'm already calculating it out in my head. I'm like, we're going to get to our hotel at, like, midnight. We have to wake up and get to the airport, like, two or three hours before the flight. We got to wake up at, like, 5 a.m., then the guy starts, we start telling the guy how we got the first class tickets. And he's like, you guys are the nicest people. You guys should be spokespeople. Like you should have your own show where you just try and spread kindness. I mean, we were just trying to be chill, but like, he's like, no, you guys sound really smart, but whatever. So we end up getting to the airport. Turns out the Christian music that had been playing, not to the airport, to the hotel, Turns out the Christian music that had been playing the whole entire time was this driver's singing. He's actually on YouTube. Wait, so he was listening to himself the entire time? Yep. That's literally like me listening to my podcast every single time someone's in the car. Which would just be absurd. It's like how, and especially, it's especially weird because we have some friends who are into music and like, they get tired of playing songs like that they've recorded before. And it's like, 
ah, man, I've already heard this song or I've sang this song a million times already. Wow. He was trying to get on the map. You got to give him props. He, yeah. he was trying to market himself with the tools that he had, which was combining the fact that he needed money for his from Lyft driving. He was getting money for Lyft driving, but also trying to get his music out there. So yeah. I give him props for that. I give him props. So anyway, so I added him on YouTube, of course. And then, you know, we gave him a nice tip and we said, thanks, you know, get home safely because this is literally only half of your ride and you were falling asleep in the first hour of it and you have another two hours left and he's going to get home at like 2 a.m. Um, so we, you know, parted ways, went to the hotel. The next morning we got up and we texted our guy, Kamari. He said, I'm going to get some sleep. I ju-, He said the flight from the night before had just gotten in, finally. So this guy literally had to stay up all night and these people were giving them all this crap and it's like, look at this guy. He literally stayed up all night to help them as like their airline um, attendant and so he's getting some sleep. It's like 6 a.m. We got to the airport, JFK. So now uh, we're trying to scan the tickets and the tickets are not scanning and the lady from Delta goes, these tickets are for tomorrow. No. Yep. Yep. And so we were supposed to get on the flight, I'm pretty sure, for either 7. I think it was for 7 o'clock or it was for 8 o'clock. And the the tickets are not scanning. And Kamari had just gone to sleep, we thought. And we're like, oh, my God, shit, shit, shit. So we text Kamari. And we're like, hey, you know, like, it says the tickets are for tomorrow. So let me read you exactly the text because I literally have this Delta Bros group chat still. And it's so easy to find. This is so crazy. I forgot about this part. All right. So this is why I wanted to stress before what the times were. So I have my group chat up right now. And we had texted Kamari at about 6.30 a.m. The flight was supposed to leave at 8 a.m. that morning. It turns out even though the flight that he got us was for the next day, there's actually Las Vegas flights every morning at 8 a.m. from JFK. So he said, I'm going to try and get you on the one that's actually this morning. Let me see what I can do. But obviously, there's a lot of seats booked already because it's the last second. It's so last second. So he says, hang in there, guys. I'm working on this change now, okay? It's 640. Andre sent him a nice uh, photo, like a selfie of us, like waiting. He said, almost done. So right at 7 a.m., he texts us and he gave us new tickets. And he's like, they're not, they're not first class anymore, which sucked. But he said, they're Economy Plus. I'll get you some food vouchers for the plane so you could have some food on the way there. Like, go, go, go. So the flight, like, leaves at 8 a.m. Like, boarding is at 7.30. And we're literally not even done with TSA. Like, we get in line for Delta to, like, get through. Um, So we go in line. We get everything, like, our passes checked. And we move on. We have to go through TSA now. TSA is mobbed. We're, like, in this huge web of people. It's a massive line. He's like, how bad is the line looking? So... Uh, he says, send me a pic if you can. At 7.11 a.m., I send him a photo of the line, and it's just mobbed. And, but it was moving quick. So he says, how far from the x-ray? Five minutes. I say to him at 7.38, the, the flight's already, like, it's boarded, basically, at this point. It leaves at 8. 7.38, I say, through, running to the gate. Just to let you guys know, it was gate B29, which is literally, you guessed it, we're starting at gate B1. So we had to run... <laughs> 28 gates? 28 gates no. down. Yep. 
So through the entire freaking terminal. Through the, through the entire terminal. So we're like, so he's like, run, yes, like all caps, B29. I need that team selfie in your seats, fire emojis. He texts us that at 740. So we're literally running. Andre is on like one side of the terminal. I'm on the other. Like we're literally running on opposite sides because there's like all these people everywhere. We're running through people, whatever. And for like maybe the second half, like we're like 10 gates away, I start running behind Andre. Andre's boarding pass falls out of his backpack. He didn't realize. Thank God I had started running behind him. I picked up his boarding pass. We run. We get to the gate. The lady's like, oh my gosh, you guys. Like, you guys need to be quick. I'm scanning these immediately. Like, literally get down there. So. Didn't she say, sorry, I'm remembering like from when you told me this no story problem. months ago. Didn't she say that the system would shut down at a certain time and like she had like one minute she, to scan yeah, it? Yeah, she was like, you guys need to be on like at, like I'm about to shut the doors like any second now. So then Andre like goes to reach for his boarding pass and, and like it's he, not there. It's not there. And I just like look at him. I like give him his boarding pass. He was like, oh, like the look on his face was hilarious. He's like, oh my God. <laughs> yep. So we run down to the connector into, and we get in the plane. We get to our seats. We send our guy, Kamari, a team selfie from our seats at 748 in the morning saying we made it in all caps. Like literally like 12 minutes to spare, like before the plane like is literally like moving. Um, and he sent us back, you know, like this, this hilarious gif of like this guy crying with like happiness or whatever. And he said, thank you, Jesus, <laughs> you know, and, um, you know, what we a said, good guy, like, honestly, like you said, he had such a long night and here he is staying awake yeah. still to help you guys. Yeah. That's he, so nice. He, he shout out to that guy. Like that guy makes me want to fly Delta, you know? Uh, so then we get on the flight. It leaves at 8 a.m. Um, Vegas is, I think, I believe it's three hours behind or four hours behind us. Um, but we were supposed to be set to get in Vegas at 10, 15 ish. We get to Vegas at 10, 15. We have breakfast, whatever. And we now are going to take an Uber to our Airbnb. So you guys, at this point, you think all the problems are behind us you've got the festival that day yep you're gonna have a great saturday great great saturday and sunday great right? saturday and sunday and then go home right it should nope. be that easy nope, nope. that no nope. those problems that we had just had were actually not even a blip not even a blip no like we're we're just about to get to the scary portion yeah of why this is even considered a halloween episode when my mom i was telling her the beginning of the story and she heard that the lift driver was tired i immediately stopped it right then and there and was like and then we got to vegas and had a great time and came home and we were super safe and it was just like that and mom was like good and <laughs> and really anyways so we'll get to that so we then were we were then at the airport. So then we're in so we get an Uber to our Airbnb now and we're taking the ride over there and I swear this driver too, it was like there are these little dots in the middle of the lanes in Las Vegas on the highway. I swear this dude was trying to hit all of them like he was gonna get, you know, Mario star power and drive faster with his like car. Like anyway, so it was a bumpy ride over there too. And we get to the Airbnb, and we're, like, maybe a few streets away, and we're, like, this area is, like, okay. And he pulls up to our Airbnb, and he goes, this is your Airbnb. And we said, yeah. And he said, this is not nice area. 
And we just kind of like sat there without saying anything. And he said, you can walk around during daytime. And he said at night. And then he made a signal like at his, like uh, at his neck kind of being like, nope, nope. You cannot walk at night. I would have been stressed. Yep. So Andre and I were like, well, okay. Like, I guess we just won't walk around at night here. So what did the house look like when you pulled up then? Did it look that bad? Did the area look that bad? So the house had a, it did, there was definitely some buildings nearby that just had like a bunch of trash in front of them. And uh, there was definitely also, there's like a chain fence going around the property and there was also, yeah, I mean, it was just a small place, chain fence around the property. The house had an actual like number code lock on the door, so it seemed secured enough. Were there bars on the windows? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a good detail, Rach. Good memory. There were, in fact, bars on all of the windows, too. That's what I thought. Whenever you think of a, a property that, like that, yeah. you, th- you think of that. So, yeah. So, whatever. So, we type in the code to get into our Airbnb. And this is a major uh, point in the story. There is actually a... It's actually a Airbnb where the host is going to live there <laughs> and stay there while you guys are there. Um, so, he has his side and we have our side. But we still have a shared living room, kitchen, and dining room area. So, you like... If we see this guy at some point, like, it's a high possibility we've messaged him before... And I'd like to mention, he had texted us the night before and was like, oh my god, like, so sorry to hear about your airplane problems, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just make the whole Airbnb stay free for you guys, you guys are gonna have the best weekend ever, you know, we're gonna have so much fun together, which was like a little bit like, why does he... Like he was overcompensating. Yeah, it was like overcompensating, which is like, it seemed like a nice thing, but at the same time, it's like, why? Like, you're not going to make any money. Like, you're going to have to clean up still. Like, little sketch. People could definitely feel bad for you, but like an Airbnb host being like, everything is free now and this is going to be amazing is a little strange. Yeah. They're still business people. Exactly. So it's like the whole point of Airbnb is to make money. Exactly. So what do you, exactly. Why are you going to have us there? Like, just to hang out with us. It's just... It was weird. So, we get into the house, and our guy is not there, and it seems like... So, basically, you walk into the house, and it's the living room. And to the back left corner of the living room is a sliding door, and essentially, that's his part of the Airbnb, where he lives. And then, to the right... To the back right of the living room is where the dining room is, and then the kitchen, and then down a hallway is where our room is to stay. So then we walked down to our room and we put all our stuff down, got changed for the concert, uh, forgot to put on sunscreen, of course, as one does when they're going to go into 96 degree weather where there's not a cloud in the sky and you're in a desert, basically. Very smart. Very, very smart. Um, And also, you know, not any type of concert, specifically a metal and rock one where there's going to be mosh pits that we're going to be partaking in. And everyone's wearing dark colors. Yep. (laughs) Nice. Love that. Love that. So, um... So we put our stuff down and, you know, we kind of just get situated and we're like, all right, cool. We order an Airbnb. Uber. We order an Uber to go. Thanks. To We order an Uber to go to the festival. And now it's about like 11.15, 11.30 ish. So we're literally going to make it to the festival just in time for, for the first acts that we actually want to see. So we get to the festival. We waited in line. You know, we have an excellent time. 
Uh, festival is awesome. We're planning on going again this year. It's going to be freaking sick. Like Slipknot's going to go this year and System of a Down. That's an absurd lineup. Um, so we go there. We have an excellent time. I mean, we didn't even drink any alcohol the whole entire time we were there. It was like that hot. It was like we literally drank. I drank water the entire time and still felt dehydrated, honestly. Um, but we saw all these good acts. We saw Incubus, Deftones, System of a Down, uh, Loathe, like I said before. And Papa Roach. Papa Roach. Ooh. And Death Grips, um, which Death Grips is a really Death Grips is a very weird kind of uh, like group, but their music is just it's like a lot of energy, and they'll come into the story later on as well. Um, so, but just kind of craziness music. If you look up Death Grips, you'd be like, what the heck? Anyways, it was hyping the co- for the concert though. So we have a long ass day at the concert. We've we're running on five hours of sleep. We're in the sun all day long. Um, and so finally, System of a Down comes on way later in the night. They played until literally like 11.30. I couldn't even stand anymore. We missed the last four or five songs. And we were starting to walk out. We got an Uber back to the Airbnb. We're so smoked at this point. We're like really freaking tired. We get to the Airbnb. And our Uber driver says... You guys know this is in a nice area, right? <laughs> it's like the second person is... So You're like, thank you. This weekend is already gone horrible. Yeah. And besides the concert. Besides the so. festival. The festival was a heck of a time. So worth it. Um, anyway, so we get to the driveway and we're like, okay, like, um, thanks for the ride, you know? And he like turns around and he leaves and we get out and we're walking over. It's about midnight now. Uh, we're walking over to the house and there's a random man call a game board in the middle of the driveway that's just there, like open. Like somebody was playing man call in the middle of the driveway, like in this awful area. So we're like, hmm, that's a little weird. Then on the walkway to the front door, there's a gallon of milk, whole milk, if anyone was wondering, that is on its... (laughs) That is on its side, half empty, and it's just chilling there on the sidewalk. So we're like, what is the explanation for that? Like, was somebody outside, like, drinking whole milk and playing playing Mancala? Like, get the boys together for some whole milk and Mancala in the driveway. And who leaves it outside? You can't leave milk outside. And no, just no. So we're like, okay, that's weird. Like, what? Like, how do you even... So Andre types in the code for the Airbnb. We open the door and there's our Airbnb host and he's standing there in the middle of the living room in the dark and music, electronic music is blasting. He is holding a spatula and a truly extra alcohol tall boy, like 24 ouncer. And he goes, oh my God, you guys are here. We're going to have such a fun time. I'm, I'm going to win you guys a million dollars. This spatula is going to win me, you guys a million dollars. <laughs> and we're just like, I was like, how is a spatula going to win anyone a million dollars? Like never, I could bet anything that a spatula will never win anyone a million dollars. Like that doesn't make any sense. See, 
when you just said that, it sound it started off nice. Like it's like, oh, he's just being friendly. He wants to be like, hey, we're gonna have an awesome time. I'm so excited that you guys are here, which is super nice. Yeah. But then he's it sounds like he started spouting off nonsense. Yeah. If someone said to me right after that, you're gonna win a million dollars. I'm gonna get you to win a million dollars using this spatula. This spatula. I'd be like, you are nuts. Maybe he was just trying to make a joke, but he seemed like he was very out of it, and he definitely was talking very fast. And we were like, what is this guy's deal? Is he on something? That was your initial thought. That was my initial thought, and I was like, if he is, like, is he at least friendly? Like. <laughs> Is he mad? Like, is he angry or is he relaxed? Like, I don't know. He just seems like he's talking very fast. And I was like, whatever. So then Andre goes, hey, dude, like, what's with the milk outside? And he goes, oh, that's for a Netflix documentary or special that I'm a part of. (laughs) (laughs) And he goes, honestly, guys, it's a long story. He's like, I'm so sorry. Like, you guys are probably so sketched out. And he goes, what if we just start over tomorrow morning? I'll explain it all then. And he's like, you guys are probably tired anyways, which we were. We were exhausted. So we're like, all right. He's like, why don't we go to our respective corners and like just go, you know, call it a day. So we're like, okay. So Andre and I go down down through the dining room and the kitchen and then down our hallway into our room. We make sure to lock that door. The lock on the door, I just want to say, isn't like, it's not anything special. It's not like a deadbolt. It's like, it's kind of a joke. Like this door, if you really want to kick it down, which... You know, it it could be. So we're like, okay, how secure is this place? Like, what the heck? Whatever. So we're like, it's locked. I'm kind of like baffled. I literally was speechless, which never happens to me. I can't stop talking. <laughs> I was literally speechless. And Andre's like, hey, man, like, are you good? And I was like, I'm just kind of like a little nervous, honestly. And he's like, oh, that guy seemed chill. Like, he's fine. Like, if he's on something, like, he, you know, at least he wants to go to his own corner of the room like we're good like there's two of us there's only one of him we would be fine if we you know needed if we were in any type of danger so i was like all right and he's like the airbnb got good reviews like i was like could you just show me the reviews and he's like yeah shows me the reviews there's like 55 star reviews we both go to sleep i wake up at 3 a.m and through the wall i could hear this guy muttering something no. Yeah, he was still talking. Like he's I don't know if he was talking to himself, like what his deal was, but You've never told me that. Like yeah. creepy. Like I couldn't hear like he wasn't like at the wall like trying to wake us up, but like he's like I could I was like what like I like woke up and I was like what like why am I awake right now? And I'm like just listening and I just hear him talking and I was like, what the hell could he possibly be saying? It's three AM. Was he like arguing with himself? No, he's just like nice. He's like, I think he was laughing, like talking to himself. Like I think he was having a fun time, honestly. By himself, okay. By himself, like I was like that would have woken me up too and creeped me out. I can't believe you didn't wake up, Andrew. It was creepy, but my thought process at that point was like, if this guy was trying to like get us, he would have. He would have by now. I was like, well, we already made it three hours. Like this guy didn't even get us. Like we're fine. So. Which is, like, so stupid, though. But so, anyways, so then uh, I fall back asleep. The next morning, we wake up, and our plan for the day is essentially, like, go grab breakfast somewhere, go go shopping in the area, whatever, and uh, basically come back to the Airbnb, maybe take, like, a nap or something, 
then go back out, hit the strip, maybe like do a little bit of gambling, like check out a restaurant, something, something cool. So like, do the so doing the typical Vegas yeah. tourist stuff. Yeah. Restaurant shopping, <clears throat> gambling, etc. So we wake up in the morning and I'm it was like Christmas morning. It was like you wake up, you're like, what presents are out there? Like it was like I woke up and I'm like are we going to get some answers from this guy? Is he out there? Like, what the hell is going on here? You're like, will we see the de- the Netflix documentary? Yeah. Yes uh, or no? Are we a part of it? Will we be millionaires? I hope so. Like, will the spatula actually win me a million dollars? Has the spatula actually turned to gold? <laughs> a million dollar gold spatula. Um, he but, spent all night selling that spatula yep. for a million dollars. Yep. And somebody took it. Somebody said, okay, you know what? Yes, this spatula <laughs> is worth a million dollars. Yep. Yeah. So, um, so you, know, you go out. To our dismay, we got out there and his sliding door was shut. And we're like, this guy's probably asleep because he was obviously having the time of his life at 3 a.m. And is probably sleeping it off. So we're like, whatever. So we get an Uber and we Uber to the store. We Uber to the mall in Las Vegas. So we, <laughs> we Uber to the Las Vegas mall. Um, or one of the malls in Las Vegas, and we we go to a couple stores. We grab some food. We come back, and we we you know he, the sliding door is still shut, and we're like, all right, this dude's like whatever. He's he's either not here right now, whatever. We kind of just chilled for like a couple hours, got a good nap in, and then we're like, I woke up from my nap and I could hear talking outside of the room. So I'm like, freaking finally, we get to go talk to this guy. All right, so basically, I go out and. I get into the living room, and I'm not going to use the guy's real name, but Tom, let's say. Tom is sitting in the living room, and basically, uh, he's standing there. He's eating tuna with one of those wooden spatula things. This dude in his spatula. It's not like a wooden spatula, like a big one, but it's more like one like of those- Like the mini wooden spoons? Yeah, like, like the mini wooden- Like the ice cream? Yes, from like an ice cream truck. Like a mini wooden what spoon. What the heck? Yep, he's eating the tuna out of a tuna can just like that with this. There's a bag of gummy bears on the table. He has six more truly tall boys. Six? Six more, yep. And um, he goes, oh, hey, man, how's it going? He goes, I'm so sorry I didn't get you anything for lunch. He's like, you want some tuna? And like literally the only tuna is like straight out of the can that he's eating from. And I'm like, oh, that's okay. Thank you so much, though. And so he's like, here, come sit down. And I'm like, all right. Also, in addition to this, he had a friend there. His friend, let's, you know, let's, I don't, I actually don't even remember what his friend's name is. But his friend, his friend had really long hair, looked really tan, looked kind of dirty. And I was like, but anyways, and that will play a part later on. That will play a big part later on. So we, so I sit down and they're sitting on the other couch and uh, his friend goes into the kitchen to fix some stuff up. And also, he goes into the kitchen to fix some stuff up. And there, I've looked in the refrigerator already, like, at this point in time, like, in the morning. And there's nothing in the refrigerator. There's white rice and frozen mixed vegetables. And, like, that was cooked. And that was it. And so I'm like, it seemed really off-putting to me because I was like, why is that? Why isn't the fridge full? Like, why is this guy spending money on like stuff he doesn't need obviously and not actual food like the truly like the truly but he's eating clearly the cheapest food because frozen mixed but yeah. vegetables tuna so let's just say yeah. that the priorities didn't seem right 
and it was kind of like off-putting and so i'm like okay so anyways they so his friend went to go dress up some hamburgers that looked like they came from a gas station like they honestly might have like they looked awful like i would not eat that so i said what was the stuff what was the deal with all the stuff last night and he said oh that was all just part of the netflix documentary like i had said before and he said i put all that stuff there it's a documentary on mental health and i was like Okay, and he goes, it all started actually eight days ago when I got arrested. Oh, red flag, red flag. (laughs) Tell me that there weren't bells going off in your head. Well, yeah, there was. And so it's also important to note that he was also wearing a white wristband on his wrist. So I was like, did he go to the hospital? Was he... Like a hospital bracelet? Yeah. Oh, man. So I was like, why was he in the hospital? What was he doing? Was it drugs? Like, did he do something stupid? Like, what's the deal with that? So he says it was eight days ago when he got arrested. And I'm like, oh. And he goes, yeah. He goes, I was really sad. He's like, my mom died two years ago. I was really bummed out about it the other day. My mom was like the best person that he knew, he said. And which is which is sad, you know? So I felt a little bit bad. And he's like, I went out and I was talking to this girl at a bar. And I felt so connected with her and like we were having a great time and like he's like I grabbed her arm but she didn't like that I grabbed her arm. And then a lot of people started yelling at me he said. And then so I started freaking out and so people were surrounding me and and he said he got kicked out. And he's like I I got kicked out and I was standing outside and everyone was around me and he just started crying loudly. So then he said everyone's around him he was just crying loudly. He threw his phone at the ground. He threw his wallet across the street. Through his wallet across the street? It gets way worse. He says that he peed himself. Was he on drugs? I don't... He must have been on drugs. Like, I don't know how you work your way to that scenario. Did he like, clarify that? He did not clarify if he was on drugs or not at and, this point in and time. And from, rem- from what I remember when you told me this story when you came back in May, didn't he not want to let her arm go? Like, he wouldn't let her go? Yeah, He. so I don't know. I don't know what the deal is, but either way, he grabbed her arm. She didn't like it. And, like, I don't know if he was being a pain in the ass about it, but... He had to have like, held on you, because otherwise, yeah. why would she have freaked out about it? What? Yeah, whatever it was, it was not good for that guy. And he needs I'm to throw sure his wallet away. He needs to throw his wallet away. So he threw his wallet. Somebody took it back to him, whatever. And he's like, I don't want it. I don't care about anything, like whatever. So then it was being a very big problem. And then he said that police then needed to take him away and they shat, they like, put cuffs around his like hands and they carried him away. But I'm pretty sure they also put cuffs around his legs because he was wearing shorts that day and I could see like marks around his ankles. And I was like, what's the deal with that too? So that explained his ankles. So he literally, I think, got carried away by police and then was In shackles. Shackled shackles. Up. So then I was like, oh. And he's like, yeah. And, like, whatever, and he's, like, you know, he says, like, he's, like, yeah, it's just been rough since my mom, you know, and whatever. And so I was, like, felt bad, and I'm, like, okay, like, you know. You're, like, wow, that's a kind of a crazy rough day. It's a crazy rough day, but, yeah. And so so then he starts going off about his mom and how sad he is, and then he got teary-eyed, and then he's, like, can we just, like, he's, like, He's like, I could tell you about like the rest of it like tomorrow. Like I like I just I don't want to talk about it. And he's like, Can I tell you about it later, like tonight? Like you guys probably want to go to the strip and have fun, like if we hang out later or something, like whatever. 
So I was like, yeah, whatever. So at this point in time, my roommate Andre had uh, come come outside to the to the living room area as well, um, and I think he had heard about this guy being arrested too at this point, and so we were kind of like, okay, and then so we changed the subject and we're like. So we started talking to his friend about some video games or whatever. And we we're like, oh, we saw Deftones last night. Do you guys left, like Deftones? And they're like, we love Deftones. Let's play some Deftones right now. And Andre starts talking about this video game. And so he, the video game is about like a virtual world and like whatever. And like you're in somebody's head and like you can see things through their perspective. This guy, Tom's friend. Let's give him a name. This No, Tom's friend is fine. Okay. This guy, Tom's friend, um, he starts going off. For 15 minutes straight, he's talking about a spiritual world, a world outside of your head, a world outside the spirit world, like some sort of like inception type shit, like where it's like a world outside of a world outside of a world. Like he's like, and he's like, I've accessed it before. <laughs> so this guy hasn't said anything. He finishes hamburger and then just goes off for 15 minutes. So the so our host, whose name is Tom, based on his Airbnb profile, talks and we're like, uh. And then this guy, Tom's friend, talks and we're like, whoa. He goes off for 15 minutes. He goes, but you guys probably wouldn't understand. And he's like, just stops talking. And it's completely silent. And we're just sitting there. And Andre goes, all right, well, I think we're going to hit the strip now. <laughs> and he's like let's just go yeah he's like let's just go so we get us you know stuff together a little bit and we go hit the strip you know we go have a good time and basically we end up you know uh at one of the bars at the end of the night and we are kind of talking about it and we're like hey like that's kind of sketchy like if we go back and we see anything sketchy why don't we just grab our bags and we stay at a hotel like let's call a hotel nearby we could walk to it and whatever. And so we agree at this point, if we see anything sketchy, that's what we're going to do. I then, oh, this is also a key item. Before we had left, we had asked Tom what he was doing for the night. Tom had said he was going to see his girlfriend who he hadn't seen in a while, like a couple of weeks. So I then, we're at the bar and we're watching some hockey playoffs. It was so sick. And, uh, and we also have followed our Airbnb host on Instagram at this point. Because he added us on Instagram before we left as well. So I go, we should look at his Instagram and like kind of just scope it out. So I get open his Instagram and I'm like, what if his vi- girlfriend comes to visit him tonight and it doesn't go well? Like, and he's upset about it. Like if he was already upset recently, like, you know. Last time he was upset, he got carried away in shackles. Also, this actually just came full circle to me. Like, why was he out connecting with another girl when he already has a girlfriend? If it was eight days ago, he got arrested and he hasn't seen his girlfriend for two weeks. So, like, Jesus. Yeah, Louise. wait. Yeah, the timeline doesn't make sense. Timeline doesn't make sense, but, I mean, that's exactly what this guy was going for. So, like, I don't know what his actions... His actions are unexplainable to this point. Right, and he could have been lying. He could he could have yeah. been arrested eight days ago and called a new girl that he just started talking to five days ago, his girlfriend. Either way. Not his girlfriend. Yeah, but either way, so I'm like, if he is seeing his girlfriend tonight and it goes wrong... What are we going to walk into when we get back? So we're like, we got to be really cautious about this. So then we start looking at his Instagram. And on his Instagram, we see like 
random things like there's a frying pan that has a $20 bill in it that is just burnt. Like he just fried up a $20 bill <laughs> in a frying pan. <laughs> and then we also see um, this like weird photo of like a My Little Pony doll and a file, a metal file next to it. And the My Little Pony doll doesn't have a head. Like the head is off. And it was like, what the hell? Another red flag. Another red flag. No, no. Then we see a video that says, three days ago, I let a complete homeless stranger stay in my home with me. No, the yep. friend. The so friend. then we're like, so then we're like putting two and two together and we're like, wait a second. Like the guy, like he seems like he's got long hair. He doesn't seem well kept. Like that guy, what if he's homeless? Like. And he's staying in your Airbnb in with Airbnb. you with the host. So we're like, this guy is already sketchy. Now we have to, we don't even know about this other guy. He doesn't even know about that guy. So we're like, we were like, okay, that's sketchy. So then uh, we're like, okay, whatever. Like, let's just get back to the Airbnb. We called the hotel and we we're like, we could go there if we need to as backup. So I also see on Instagram that the latest post he said, the latest two posts in the same day that he said were... One was three text messages from his alleged girlfriend, or no, to another person. And at the last message, he says, also, my girlfriend just broke up with me today. I'm heartbroken, blah, 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 about that. Oh, so so literally what you said came true. <clears throat> literally what I predicted. And I'm like, oh my God, is this going to be the catalyst? Like, this dude's going to go off the deep end. Like, You're like, what so are badly. we going to come to our Airbnb to? Yeah. We just need to make it one more day. It's going to be on fire. Like, yeah. anyway, so... So then he posted that. He also posted another My Little Pony. I'm like, where is this guy getting these My Little Ponies? He posted another My Little Pony, a file, a mallet, a shot glass, and a Magic the Gathering card. Oh, and a bottle of cologne. All uh. on the kitchen table. This story is going to get so much worse so quick. So then anyways, so... Yeah, escalates. I remember from here. Uh. So we get to the Airbnb, and there's no man collar board in the driveway this time. There's no milk in the in the walkway. We get to the Airbnb. His sliding door is shut. We walk into the kitchen. The, the shot glass has been smashed with the mallet. The My Little Pony has been smashed with the mallet. The Magic the Gathering is there on like the stove area. And there's glass everywhere. And we're just like, what the heck? Glass everywhere where? Like on the counter. Like because he smashed up a shot glass with the oh, mallet. Oh, he just left it. And he left it there. Wow. So we're like, that's sketchy. So Andre and I, like we grabbed anything that's like to defend ourselves with basically. Like, Oh, so you guys were like, and, right when you saw also, the scene, you were like, this is not good. This is not good. We and, need to be on our, on yeah. our. And, and we were also like, even if he doesn't want to hurt us, like he does, we don't want him to hurt himself. So we're like. Grab, we grabbed the file, we grabbed, uh, you know, a kitchen knife, whatever. And we locked, we locked the door in our room and we started packing our bags. Then, while we're packing our bags, we could hear Deftones music start playing loudly from the living room. And to those of you who don't know Deftones, they're kind of like, they have some creepier songs where it's like slow and just kind of like, it's vibey if you're into it, but it could be creepy if not. So we like the music, but in this scenario, we did not like the music. It was creepy. It was so creepy. So we're like, oh my God. We pack faster. We're like, okay. So like, we're about to open the door and I'm literally like, are you ready, Andre? And he's like, yeah. So we go out into the living room and at, and um, and Tom is standing there alone. He's like, what's up, guys? And he's like, I just put on Deftones. I know you guys love it. Like, 
how are you guys doing today? So we're like, oh, that's like actually kind of nice. Like he's not being creepy. Like it's just kind of nice. Like that was thoughtful, I guess. And he, and we're, I literally say to him, I was like, honestly, bro, like we're just on our way out. Like we're kind of like sketched out by the stuff we've seen so far. Like, and you know, we're just going to head over to a hotel. He goes, he goes, Oh, I get it, guys. Like, I'm so sorry. Like, I wish it didn't have to be like this. I'm going to reimburse you guys, like I said. And he's like, I've been having a rough time. So we're like, oh. Oh, yeah. yeah. That makes you feel bad then. He's so sketchy. But I was like, oh, I feel bad. So, like, now at this point, I'm like, okay. Like, he's like, do you you guys want to just, like, stay for one more song and, like, just kind of talk for five minutes? And I was like, Andre was definitely like, no. And I was like, yeah, sure, man. So <laughs> you sound like dad. Our dad would do that. He'd be like, okay, just yeah. one more. But our dad is jacked and he used to be a police officer and he could fend for himself. Like I'm oh, literally yeah. this skinny boy. Like I don't want to, I don't want to fight anybody. Anyway. So we're like, so I go, yeah, sure. Like we could sit down for one more song. He's like, all right. So we sit down, we're listening to a song and he's like, my girlfriend used to like this song and he's <laughs> He's just going through it, and we're like, oh, no. So, like, he plays it. The song was pretty good, and he's, like, he's, like, telling us about it, whatever. Like, we're just talking with him. We're chatting. Like, we're like, yeah, like, we, like what's the deal with the mountain stuff? He's, like, I don't even think he could understand. Like, I don't even know if we got an explanation about, like, the stuff, like, the smashed up shot glass or what. But I go to him. I was, like, just avoiding all the other weird flags. I go, so you like Magic the Gathering? And Andre's like, yeah, like we like we both like like that shit. Like that's kind of cool. And he's like, he goes, oh my god, do you guys want to like play Magic the Gathering? And I was like, yeah, like show us your deck, man. He's like, I'll be right back. So we go into the dining room now, and we're, the three of us are sitting in the dining room. We we're supposed to leave. Our bags are like at the door, but we haven't left. And we're in the dining room now, and we're um, looking at the Magic the Gathering cards. He had some pretty good cards. It was pretty cool. And he goes, you want to connect to the speaker? And I'm like, yeah. So I start playing some Death Grips. And he also likes Death Grips. And Andre goes, yo, like, is that your hookah man? And he's like, yeah. He's like, oh, my God. I haven't used it in, like, three months. You guys want to smoke hookah? And we're like, yeah. So it literally went from, like, why are we not leaving to, like, Let's have an awesome night Let's, listening to Death Grips, Death, Death Grips, Grips yeah. and playing magic and doing hookah. Yeah, so I start dancing because I love to dance, and Death Grips is on, and I'm like playing the songs that we heard at the festival, and I go, I'm just gonna throw on the whole album, and and our guy Tom is like, do it. Also, I'd like to mention that Tom. Is his name on his Airbnb profile, or that's not his actual name, but like let's say it's his name per, the, per his profile. He actually did not own this house. He was staying there for a friend, but then also doing it as an Airbnb. And his real name is actually not even Tom, we found out, uh, which is also just another red flag. But anyways, just had to throw that in there. So, um, I mean, at least, like, we watched, you know, we watched, we watched him clean the hookah. Like, I made sure he cleaned it real well. Like, you know, whatever. We started smoking hookah. I started playing this album. I started dancing. I, like... I'm in the living room. There's like a curtain between the dining room and the living room. And I have this crazy ass video where Andre and uh, and Tom are out in the living room and they're dancing 
like we're just dancing like there's a crazy amount of energy with this music it's like edm almost but not really and like we're literally just we're smoking hookah and we're just having a great time and we're dancing like so we just did that for 45 minutes straight and like this guy he looks like he's like walking around the like the room like he's dancing but he's like angry dancing like he's like flailing around like punching the air and we're just like what the heck so then sure enough there's a knock on the door and it's his friend from earlier and his friend comes in and uh tom goes do you guys want to have some drinks and we're like yep and he goes i'm gonna go grab us some drinks and i'm gonna go grab us some snacks and i'll be right back so we're like okay bet so he leaves um comes back with you guessed it some truly tall boy extras and like a bag of pops corners or whatever we all sit down at the table we had a drink, whatever. We had some, we had this snack, you know, of the chips that he just had open. And we're just kind of vibing. And he goes, you know what the best part about sitting here with you guys is? I feel like I've known you guys my whole entire life. And you guys are the coolest people ever. And I don't know anyone in this room for more than three days. <laughs> Including his friend who we didn't know either. <laughs> and we're like, what? And he's like, so we start hearing his friend's story. His friend supposedly is from Utah, had gone to Vegas with his girlfriend at the time, but then his girlfriend was seeing somebody else and supposedly they, they, they sold his car or something or they took his car. He's left in Vegas or something like that. Some weird story. Along the way, he also had gotten stabbed. I don't know. I don't even know how, like, this guy was starting to tell us this story. It was like a two-hour story. It was longer than this story, honestly. And me and Andre just sat there, and it was like about midnight at this point, and we had our flight the next morning at 10 a.m. So we listened to the story, and this guy literally showed us his scars from where he had been stabbed. He had been stabbed with a screwdriver. What? Yep. So we're like, whoa. And we had asked, so then, you know, we talked about that. We had asked Adam about, like, so, like, you like to drink? Like, you know, we like to, like, what do you like to drink? And he's like, yeah, I mostly like to drink. And then he mentioned something else that he also liked to do. And we were like, okay, and like, basically the other thing that he likes to do just calms him. It still isn't really something that you would want to hear about, but it basically is supposed to calm him. I'm pretty sure it's used as like a relaxer for like animals at the vet, but whatever. Um, so anyway, so not really the best either, but... So we hear this story and we're like, all right, well, we got to go to sleep now. So we grab our bags from the door and like, we're like, we're just going to stay here at this point because like, whatever. And so we lock up the door. We still had like the, the file and the stuff was hidden in our room still. So we're like, you know, whatever. Like we could defend ourselves if we had to. And we went to sleep. And then the next morning, like we got up, the sliding door was shot again. Like he wasn't out there. Like his friend wasn't out there. It was just us. Like. We walked outside, we got an Uber, and we Ubered to the airport. And before we Ubered to the airport, I took a selfie of me and Andre, like, right outside of the house, of us, like, squinting into the sun, like, looking like idiots, but it was like, uh, we did it, like, two for two, like, we made it. We we didn't, we made it through both nights, like, we did it. With one guy who had just been arrested and was possibly on, what, you think, like, ketamine? Yep. The whole time? Something crazy the whole time. And one guy who was homeless and stabbed with a, a screwdriver. Yeah. I and mean, the whole least... point of the weekend, that this is the funny part of the story to me, 
The whole point of the weekend was the festival. The whole story should be the festival, but instead, <laughs> the whole trip's main story is this crazy Airbnb, the crazy people at the Airbnb, and the, and the way you got there. Like, yep. just nuts. Just nuts. You guys are lucky, though. It was absurd. Um, any of my family members listening to this, like, I'm obviously not going to get into this situation, anything like that again. Um, Please just... Listen, I think I want to say there is nothing wrong with renting a room of an Airbnb. If you feel like you're in a safe area, it looks like a safe place, etc., and you want to do that, by all means, I think, Ryan, regardless of what we think personally, people do it and they have great experiences. I'm pretty sure that Carl and Madison, two of our friends who go hiking a lot, they've said that they love renting a single room and it's cheaper and you get to make connections and you get to meet people. For you, I think after that experience, you're probably like, I'm not doing that again. I could have gotten killed. Yep, I'm all set. And for me, I'm just, I'm nervous to do that. I just, and I wouldn't be trustworthy of someone in their house unless I was staying in a really nice house. Yeah. And then it's like, why would it just be a single room? And, why couldn't it be the whole house? And the f- I don't care if it's cheaper. I, plus, I don't want to share. I don't want to share the living room, the kitchen. I want to be able to go on a trip, have my own space and not have to worry about people I don't know there. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's an extra level it's, of sh- stress I think sometimes. Too, I think, too, you know, if it was in a in a nicer area, it could have been. I think that's another thing to keep track of when you're traveling is, you know, for example, you could stay in the nicest house ever if it's shared, but it's in the middle of nowhere. Like, that's just going to creep me out a little bit if it's shared. You could be in a shared area, but it's in a very sketchy location like that one. Like, probably not a good sign. But if you're in, like, an area that's, you know, a very nice area, and very nice Airbnb, there's plenty of people around. Like, maybe it makes it a touch less sketchy, but I'd also like to mention for anyone going to Las Vegas um, in the future, it's really good, like... Get ready to empty your pockets. I think it's not really a place that you need to go and be cheap at. Like, it's a place where you need to know that you're going to spend your money. Um, but you're going to have a good time. Yeah. And so I think one of the ways, like, and this is the way that we're going to go next time, is we're just going to get a room at uh, one of the cool hotels. Like, that's honestly part of the lore of Vegas is you can literally be at the hotel at any at any one of them. And there's... Places right downstairs where you could gamble. There's pools that you could go to. You could walk to restaurants. Like you can literally be on the strip existing at the hotel and it's just like a huge resort for like however long and you don't need to go anywhere. You don't need to be in any weird areas. Like you just vibe there. And I feel like like you said, you get the whole experience. The whole point of Vegas usually is to go to gamble, to drink, to get away. It's the adult Disney world. Yeah. So you guys kind of got that experience on the Saturday or, you know, yep, the day Saturday. after the festival. Yeah, Sunday. You Yeah, you kind of got that experience the next day, but, yep. but you probably could have gotten it and been able to then not even have to worry about transportation yeah. or anything. You guys could have drank. You could have done a day pool party. You could have gone to the casino, yeah. club, whatever you wanted, and then got to see Vegas and still do the festival. Yep. And a lot of those, uh, a lot of those hotels, pool clubs too. They have, like, every single weekend they have like different rappers. Like they might not be huge rappers, but like, uh, I f- I feel like I forget which rapper was there, but there was some sort of cool rapper, and uh, 
Yeah, I mean, they have, like, that would have been a sick party to go to. Like, instead, we had to Uber back, obviously, like, that night. And, like, we still got this cool story out of it. Like, I don't know if it's... It's crazy story. Crazy story. Like, I mean... Yeah, I mean, it was still a good time. Like, and and I wish that guy the best. And, you know, I'm glad that nothing happened. Like, it was definitely sketchy. But it was cool that we got to, like kind of be there for him even though it's not really our responsibility like our safety is really our responsibility um and next time definitely i would not just stick around but like you know good luck to that guy i hope he ends up you know doing better so you guys got this but i hope you guys enjoyed our little halloween episode i know it wasn't spooky or anything like that but i definitely think it was a scary interaction, a little bit of a scary Airbnb to stay at. Very glad that you guys are safe and that you still had a good time and you're still going this year. Yep. Um, as always, if you enjoyed this podcast episode, please give me a like, share the episode with someone that you know, rate the episode. I think on Spotify you can do stars up to five star rating on apple Podcasts. you can also leave a comment about what you think about this podcast you can also follow me on my instagram at the traveling twin podcast or my personal instagram at the traveling twin i appreciate you guys listening so 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 much i hope you enjoy these stories as much as i enjoy kind of recapping experiences that we've had talking about what we've learned, et cetera, et cetera. And I hope to see you guys next week. Ryan, you want to sign off with me? Say bye. Bye, guys. Happy Halloween. Bye. Happy Halloween.